Welcome to the Gritty Hour. Time to get down to the nitty gritty. Okay, so we're here with another episode of the Gritty Hour. And I'm here with Sean E. Boy. What's up, T? How we doing, brother? How are you, Sean E. Boy? Doing good. Another, another episode in the books about to begin. You, you remember when you were uh, up here in Millbrook and you did a... Uh, uh, a podcast from from the room upstairs. I'm in. First of all, hey, I'm, in the, I'm in. I'm in the downstairs of my store because it was an extraordinarily busy day today. We had the horse trials in Millbrook this weekend. So what the hell's that? Millbrook horse trials are like all the equestrian uh, people from uh, all over the country come. Right, and they That's- jump over. They jump over bushes and rivers with horses. You, you- <laughs> Do you go? Do you go see it or now? Nah, you're too busy. No, nah, I, I I was crazy today. So I'm I'm downstairs. I'm not in the. Can you see my fingers? Podcast room. Are you Are you behind the counter? I'm in the front of the counter of my store. Yeah. Yeah. I, got a you, grid, I got a gritty hour sign back here too. Though. What What did my stepmom sell you? The pictures behind you. <laughs> you got the goose. Those are for sale if you want them. <laughs> you know, I should I should actually scan the store. Maybe I get some. Uh, Maybe but anyway. Um, Maybe I'll buy it for my stepmom for her birthday. So you're back in the northeastern part of the United States of America. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, uh, you know, Uncle Stephen's birthday was yesterday, as we're as we're uh, filming this. And, He's seventy uh, one day. Christy, remember I said we'll do this. We'll do a we'll do a we'll do a uh, half hour homage to my brother, so we wouldn't have to do Christina's thing. And here we are. We had to make a montage for that thing anyway. But it came out really well. She did a nice job. Nice. She, um, worked, she worked very hard on it, and it really came out well. So you'll my, check it out. Yeah, I'll check it out. My my brother and uh, sister, Tammy and Keith, they they watched it. They thought it was great. I, I've heard a lot of good feedback about the Uncle Steve montage thirty minute yes. birthday special. I think there's a uh, Keith when he was like twelve in that in that montage. A picture of Keith when he was like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so. But anyway, so your vacation was good down in uh, FLA? Yeah, down in the FLA. Um, vacation was um, exactly what I needed. I came in, I, or I got to Florida, like, feeling uh, stressed or, like, you know, over. I guess just wiped out from the school year. Uh, I will say that, you know, I, I went through a breakup in a relationship in March. So I was just kind of like... Uh, you really needed that time off. Yeah, I just, needed, I just needed to get the hell out of here. And, and when I first got to Florida, it, it took me a minute to, like, find my rhythm and then like the second week i found my rhythm and then um because i think you even said it like i seem more relaxed now um than i did when we did the the podcast in florida because i was still like kind of coming out of whatever i was coming out of and then uh you know like just being able to like spend some time with myself and clear my head it was exactly what i needed so i came back feeling like chill i'm in a chill space which is good well, that's good. That was the point of going down there. So you you were successful, even though you didn't attain that status that you got back. Yeah, yeah. Florida was the uh, process to get me to where I needed to be. Yeah, and you've been uh, getting some golf in since you came back. Uh, it's uh, I've been back a week. I think I played golf like six times. <laughs> I mean, like uh, yeah, like next week though I'll play, but the week after, I'm, like I need my body starting to feel a little bit, you know, because like, I'm. I'm waking up, I'm working out, I'm playing golf. And then like before I know it, it's five. And I'm yeah, walking around the grass with a club in your hand takes a lot out of you, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, well, because when I'm not playing, I'm practicing. It's it's a whole, it's a whole bit, but I'm, I'm finally, 
I was when I, I injured my shoulder like two years ago, and and it's been a tough because before I did that, I, I was playing very good golf. I was playing like in the eighties, mid eighties, and then like now I'm finally getting back to that. It's, it's been a two. What uh, what did you do to your shoulder? Um, 2019, I was boxing, working out, and playing golf, and like my shoulder just like my shoulder blade popped out, like it, it, it called winged, like winged out, and then uh. Like my whole arm went dead. I had a ro- my rotated club, uh, like that was strained, and it was ten. It was like the whole the whole damn thing was like destroyed. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't tear anything. I didn't need surgery, but it w- he said it's gonna take about two years. To oh. It's been about two years. Two so days. you go on the master senior, whatever they call that thing, golf course there, and I've, I would Uncle T, man. If I can go back in time at three years old, I'd be like teach me golf. Yeah. Teach me golf. So you love you love golf. I do, um, and it's something that you know. As do you as watch I, it on TV? I do. I, I don't watch not like you know like the way I watch the Mets. Like I'll catch the main tournaments, and if I got nothing going on, I will watch because I you know I, I like I understand the game now, so I will watch how they play. It's boring. It's boring to watch. I'm sorry. If you don't like golf, if you don't if you don't like really like have like a a love or liking for it, like yeah, watching golf, I shoot myself. But See, I'm not I'm not big on golf, as you know. I, yeah. I admit that. And I'm not big on car racing either, but at least when you're watching car races, there's always the potential for an accident. You don't have that in golf. Yeah. yeah. No golf is, I think golf is, it's, it's watching like the purity of like a great shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, they do it so consistently. It's that's the part. If you play enough golf, you know, like to be able like, you know, obviously the Tiger Woods, but every single golfer that plays in a tournament for the most part, they're hitting like, Shot after shot, and oh, that's fucking hard in golf to consistently keep hitting a great shot that gets you down, you know, down to the hole. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Um, I inter- I uh, interrupted myself at the beginning of this podcast. I was saying when you when you were up in Millbrook and we did a a podcast in the house. Yes, the live. Uh, we were talking about the you know who, uh, the Mets, and we were talking about. Mentioning the Mets, because, uh, you know, it doesn't come out for a few days after we do the podcast. Podcast doesn't come out and you're not and you and you knocked on wood. Well, you should have knocked a little harder, Sean. Yeah, oh, my God. You should have you, you knocked on wood with both hands. <laughs> 30, 30 minutes ago. So Friday morning, I woke up, we're in first. Now, the way the Braves going tonight, we're going to be in third by the end of tonight. Wow. I mean, you know, we're a game and a half behind Philly because they just beat us. We'll be a game behind Atlanta. It's not like. You know, and we're losing five nothing. We have two hits the whole game. Ninth inning, we hit back to back to back home runs. Uh, but like, it's the ninth inning. Like, you know, like you, you're waiting too long. It's, For anyone who happens to be listening or watching, we're, we're uh, doing this podcast at uh, about eight thirty at night on Saturday, uh, August August the seventh. Today, 8th, 9th? I don't know. Today's the seventh. Yeah. yeah. So. so the Mets fell out of first since you since you came back from they were still in first when you got back from oh, Florida. Man, you know, like I saw it. This this is the All Star break. I, I I'll tell you when I knew we were fucked. Or I shouldn't say fucked because you never know. Maybe they bounce back and they find a rhythm. You know, there is fifty nine games left. It's not like this. You know, they're a game out. It's not like it's crazy. Um, we're playing the Pirates. We played them four games before the All Star break. Three games. Now this is. Right in the beginning of my uh, trip to Florida, they played four games against Pittsburgh before, and then three um, when when the second half starts. That's seven in a row, right? Right. We go three and four against them. Right. 
I said we, we five or two are better. Is, is you, well, say that one more time. You won three out of four against them. No, we we won three. We lost four. Out, we won three out of the seven. Oh, 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 okay. So we went under five hundred against the Pirates, who won the worst teams of baseball. And I said, this is this is good. We lost games like just we were up. We were, you know like the type of game you're up six nothing, and you're it's like the eighth inning. You're like yo. All right, let's make some brownies. Let's put it back <laughs> up. We're golden, right? You know, you come back to the bottom of the ninth. It's six five. It's six six. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And what do you attribute this uh, collapse, be it temporary or permanent? What do you? What, what was the? the th- there's three things. Uh huh. They haven't hit all year, and it's catching up with them because now it's catching up with them. So that's one. But one, it's connected to two. Is our pitching is. Not having the ground now, like over time, you're feeling it. Like you don't have that stopper every fifth day, to, you know, to like restart the momentum. Like you're, you're asking, really, our second best pitcher is a three is a is like a third pitcher out of you know out of a five rotation. Yeah, and do, do they have a shot of getting? Uh, what's the guys with the uh, Thor? What do they call them? Uh, him and Degrom. Syndergaard, um, Syndergaard, right? He might be back in September, but like he hasn't pitched in two years. You, he, he's gonna. Get, he might go to the bullpen this the rest if we make a run, which would be interesting. Um, and then the third factor, and you know, some people may not agree with me, but you know, Francisco Lindor has been hurt for a month now, and he is our captain. I know it's his first six months with the team, but he's the leader, and not having him on the field, they're starting to really feel See, it. See, n- not really following him this year. Uh, I had heard he was like a, a pariah in the clubhouse. From who? I thought he didn't. He start some kind of trouble in the clubhouse uh, earlier in the season. Oh, that was that was him and McNeil. They, no, it, it was it was like your t- you know your normal like they just had a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but no, like that he's he's adored in the clubhouse. Like he's he's the leader. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, they, didn't they pick up a shortstop at the trading deadline? Yeah, we got Javi Baez, um, who uh, I don't know what to make of him, man. His defense, he's, he's like he's obviously a, a great baseball player. He's got like all the uh, skill sets, but he's the re- he's the poster boy of what's wrong with baseball today. Like one game, he went zero for five with five strikeouts, and the next game he's like one for three with a homer. Like he's so it, like you're either getting you know nothing or you're getting you know like a big bang from him. But like there's it'll be he swings like like we, he's up a play. It's a two zero count. I'm like dude, they could throw it to the backstop. He's swinging like he has like it's it's two zero. He's like all right, it's two zero. It's gonna be fastball down the pipe and like. They don't do that anymore. Like the baseball, like where they would just throw a fastball over it, that doesn't happen anymore. Right. So they just keep throwing like breaking balls and they keep bending on him and he keeps swinging and he, sh- he strikes out. He so strikes- he's not fundamentally sound I- offensively. Oh. And what about defensively? I he, he looks good, but then like I've seen a lot of shoddy throws. Like I at first I'm like, oh, he's better than Lindor. His arm is remember Sean Dunstan? Yeah. Same type of arm. Bullet. Cannon. But like Alonzo scooping a lot. So I don't know if he, like, because of his arm, he doesn't step into it properly, you know, because my arm's so good, I don't need to fundamentally, like, throw it to first. I just whip it to first, you know, that kind of thing. So, I like, Lindor, I'm like, now I've seen, like, a good two weeks of bias. Lindor's a better so he's, so he's got a rocket for an arm, but he's not accurate to first. Of what I've seen so far. I've seen yeah. he's made, I've seen three evers in a week. That's a lot. For, like, a, he's the gold glove from last year. It's not like he's, you know, he's a gold glove shortstop. Yeah, I'm like, all right. I'm like, I, dude, I'll, I'll take Kevin Elster right now. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was just 
maybe we were those smoke and mirrors, maybe little band-aids, you know, we're plugging holes throughout the May and June. And, and, and like, you know, like who you are eventually will catch up to you. And that becomes who you really are. You know, you may have like moments, but. Well, maybe, maybe the strategy, I guess the only strategy that would make sense now is to hold on till September, get some of these guys back and maybe make a run. Yeah. September. Like I said, we're a game and a half out. It's not, you know, it's not the, uh, no. Yeah. So you might have been happy if someone told you they'd be that you'd be a game and a half out in on August 7th. Oh, yeah. Like that's like, you know, perspective, right? Like, so, you know, like two perspectives. Perspective is in March, you're like, yo, listen, I just want to August 1st, let's be in the hunt. Let's be in the race. And we're in the race. On June 1st, we're like six games up in first. So, like, you know, it's tough because then you have like the whole, well, you know, for me, like what you talked about in the Uncle Steve uh, tribute was about how, like, you know, 86 was the season when you were all in. Like, I've been all in this year, um, probably, you know, because I did end a relationship and I've kind of just been chilling and hanging hanging low. So I've just been watching the Mets the whole time. Um, so I've been in it and, like, watching them at first place for three months. It was, not, like, 90 days they were first. And then all of a sudden to see them, like, lose three out of four in Miami, they just lost two to Philly. You're like, oh, fucking Mets, man. They're, they're exhausting, man. It's never – they actually, it's crazy. I was talking to my brother about this. Like, there's been two seasons that I've seen where you knew in June 1st, you're like, oh, it's over. 86, 86, you knew it was a lock that they were winning the division. And in 2006, you're like, oh, it's a lock. We got this wrapped up. Well, 86, I remember, was around, it was even before June, I think, that Whitey Herzog just acquiesced that the Mets were going to win the pen. Yeah. But like you know, two teams, you're like, yo, well, the NL East, anyway. We're gonna go to the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they actually put up the, they put that up on the screen last night in the in the night game. I was like, oh wow, like so, you know, other people are thinking the same thing. Like it's never, like they just don't seem to find a way to, uh, like, they built the lead this year and they couldn't like keep building on it. And and the Braves are getting hot now. It's just it, all signs are important. Right. What now. kind of a season is Alonzo having? 250, 24, and 68. His uh, OPS, which is a big one on base plus. Lucky. Why is he only 68 with 24 homers? And people aren't getting up, uh, getting on base ahead of him? We're the lowest scoring team in baseball. Mm. Yeah. Uh, actually, we're the second lowest. Sorry, the Pirates are arch nemesis this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, We're averaging like 3.4 a game. If, and Who's the leadoff hitter for the Mets? Nimmo. He's He's... He's a, he's a he's like old he's an old fashioned leader fitter. I like him and he's a good leader fitter, but he's looking for the walk in an era where there's no such thing as rallies anymore. No such thing as what? A rally. Like you're not gonna get four hits in a row. Like it just doesn't happen anymore. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like it's it's either you're gonna get a double and a single or you know, a double and a knock. Like, you know, like very rarely you've seen like you know, the, the merry-go-round of a baseball lineup, it doesn't really happen too often anymore. So, like, a walk is great in the first inning, but he's still trying to do that in, like, the sixth. I'm like, yo, you need to get on. Like, you need to rope a double right now. Like, a walk isn't helping. Yeah. Well, uh, I know the stolen base is uh, out of vogue in baseball. We we were a, st- a, a base-stealing team-ish. Like, no, I mean, in, generally in baseball, for the last uh, dozen or maybe two dozen years, Base uh, the stolen base hasn't been a uh, an overly used weapon as it used to be. 
No, no. I mean, the days of Ricky Henderson and Vince. Coleman. And I don't understand why, because uh, you know, catches haven't gotten any better. And the, it's still it, the the league average is still twenty, like 24%, twenty four percent. It's not like yeah. You know, so you would think stealing would be uh, stealing would be a uh, a well used tool, but it doesn't seem to be. So, so the, the last the Mets in the last ten are two and eight. They've left. I'm not counting tonight because I don't know the number, but the last. Two games in Miami and, and Philly last night, they left uh, like 35 guys on base. Yeah. That's that's absurd. Um, and not once did they try to steal a guy from first to second to like make something happen. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta, they're, they're like waiting for something to happen instead of that's that's the best way to put it. They're waiting for something to happen offensively instead of trying to make something happen. Right. It's like you, you're waiting for like the perfect pitch to crank over the wall. Like it's not like you gotta. You know, you know, slap a slap a shot down to the opposite field. Like try, you know, do something different because like what you're doing is not working right now. Well, based on what you're telling me now, I, I'm I'm reminded of an article I read. I forget where it was about this. Could this was in the spring? Excuse me. In fact, it was towards the end of spring training. It was saying this could be the best offensive team the Mets have ever fielded. <laughs> and now I'm hearing this, so I'm following the Mets only vicariously through you, Sean. You know. The, um, and I'll, I'll say this. So in March, like the question mark was the pitching staff and rightly so, you know, but if you look at the stats, if you look at this, this, and, and listen, Mike Conforto is, he's, he's my guy. He's a homegrown Met. He's great. He's in a contract year. He hit, he hit, he's one of the guys that hit a home run in the ninth, but he's no, he's batting like 200. Like he's, he just doesn't get it done consistently. Yeah. There's a guys on this team that just like Nimmo, he doesn't consistently get it done. Well, when you say Conforto is a homegrown Met, you mean he came, he, he was signed and came up through the system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's you know like I mean like you know Degrom, homegrown Met. Tindergrad was a trade, so he's not like I'm talking like from the start, homegrown. Um, you know, even though Tindergrad did come up through the minors, but like I think, and I'm not an expert, but after 2020. Last year, no one's talking about. It. There, there was the same problem. They couldn't fucking hit. No, like I don't hear anyone in like, the announcers, radio, and no one's talking about how like this is just a repeat of last year. How they couldn't get big hits in the big spots. Yeah, and it's literally the same thing. I'm literally watching the same season two times in a row. I'm well, like, it sounds wow. to me like one of the problems could be no, you know, they don't they don't have enough uh, guys on the team that are uh, clutch. They don't have it. I don't know. I'm not seeing, you know, I mean, listen, Conforto has been clutch. Like he's, he's been a pretty clutch player. I'm not saying, you know, Alonzo's had some clutch moments, you know, McNeil this year has had some clutch moments. There are some clutch moments, but it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what the answer is, but you know, the manager and the, they're all just like, they're going to get it done. Like it's going to click. You know, it's August. What's today? August 7th. August the 7th. Yes. Yeah, like, like we've played 110 games. Like you have a ba- you have more than a baseline. Like it's not working for yeah. whatever, for whatever reason. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. It's just not working. Yeah. Yeah. So we can do. Well, uh, that's my, that's my Met rant. I don't, okay. I don't let that out, man. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, you know, I played golf today and I got off the course. I'm like, I'm going to check the score. All right. I look at the score. It's four nothing Philly. I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, who started today? The rookie, this guy, this kid McGill, he's he's good, you know, he's a rookie. So like, but you know, I looked at the box, it was bombing of 
Top of the six, it's four nothing Phillies. The Mets had one hit. Guess who had the hit? Michael. No, I don't know. The pitcher. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it sounds to me like they don't have any uh, guys, uh, you know, uh, clutch guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, what are you going to do? It is. I mean, it is. It is. Either they either they find a, a six-week rhythm or they don't. Yeah. Well, they might surprise you, Sean. Keep yeah, faith, so. my friend. I haven't lost faith yet. You like, got to believe, I heard somebody say once. You know, it's it's been an awesome, <laughs> it's been a fun baseball season for me just to watch. You know, like I've kind of just been like in it, which is cool. Well, there's worse things to be in. Yeah, like at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's fucking baseball. It's not, I'm not going to like lose my shit over it. It is what it is. So this week coming, I know we have a guy coming in. Uh, all right, all right. I just, well, yeah, talk about changing the subject abruptly. Enough about you. How am I doing? It's um, okay. We have a guy coming in, and you said you were coming up. So I got to figure out. Yeah, Thursday, right? 100%? Thursday coming, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I got to figure out, because, uh, you know, we've laid our cards on the table in terms of our ineptitude in, in the uh, how the hell this thing works. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind telling people that I'm still learning how to do this, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, we're both learning. But anyway, um, so it'll actually be two. See, I did I did one podcast with uh, two people sharing a mic, and I had the other mic. Okay. Okay. Now Thursday coming, and I'll I think I'll uh, I think I'll achieve. Uh, I think I'll figure it out by Thursday. It only gives me how many days, right? What's today? So I got five days. Five yeah, days. I do have more microphones, but how, how do I how do I do it? Is what Wait, I got. No, you're out. looking for like space, like where does everyone sit? No, it's oh. about uh, it's about microphones and sound more than anything else. Okay. Huh. So I use a a preamp. It's a a pretty amp. Preamp. Oh, preamp. <laughs> what did you think I said? Pretty. I'm like, oh, pretty hair. All right. Well, it's kind of cute. Is it bedazzled? It bedazzles. It's red. Uh, and that's what I plug my mics in, and then one outward thing into the computer, which I record from the preamp. I set the levels on the preamp, the whole nine yards. I don't even know if it's called a preamp, but I, I'm calling it a preamp, so I'll screw them. Do it. And uh, so when you come up, we'll have to you know, do that and then add a, uh, a US, another USB connection in directly into the computer with the third mic and it may or may not work. Okay. But I'll do a couple of test runs between now and Thursday and try and iron it out. We'll get down to it. Um, yeah, I'm not, yeah, listen, you, you, you've been, you've been, uh, making it happen. So I'm not worried about it. The worst possible thing is you'll sit on in the third desk on zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, okay. I'll record you. <laughs> uh, by the way, can we can we please talk about you got a fresh haircut? Look at this haircut. Me? Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there's a guy in Pine Plains, which is not far from. I know. I, I'm aware of it. You know, Pine Plains. Well, there's a there's a there's a guy who's like an he's like a antique barber, if that's a right term. He has the old fashioned, you know. Oh, you know, in the thing, and he has the. Yeah. The old barber's chairs. He's actually yeah. he's actually like the head of the vintage barber society or some sort of antique barber society. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So in the country, 
So does he, have, does, he have, does he have the swirly thing on the outside? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. He's got. Sure. He's actually got two of them. But he's into antiques, and one of my dealers in the shop here, who always keeps it high and tight, told me to go over there with him one day, and I, you know, he gave me a halfway decent haircut. And uh, so I, you know, this is the second time I went. A couple, oh. couple was it was a couple of two, three weeks ago though. But uh, you know, what are you oh. going to do? Yeah, I'm a little late on it. Uh, I'm just glad I have hair. That's all. That's it. Listen, at the end of the day, right? Even though it's gray, and I used to joke like like ten years ago when I was like a little gray and mostly yeah. brown. I used to joke to the barber, just cut the gray ones. Ha ha ha! If I said that now, I'd come out with a crew cut. <laughs> You'd be bald. <laughs> Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, um, I, just as long as I have my, you know, I think almost everybody goes gray at some point. Uh, you, you, except for Ronald Reagan, maybe. Yeah. Well, Actually, even he went gray at the end. Yeah. I, I went gray young, man. Jesus Christ. Well, my father was, uh, had black hair through, I think he was like in his late 60s before he started turning gray. Really? I remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. I'm a, uh, I'm a, God knows I tried putting Gray's hairs on on his head. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had uh having like uh gray now white and I don't know what the fuck's going on up there, but um it's been you were a, gray when you were 14. I like it's been a, like it's been a thing in my life because people are like so I'm, I'll say two things. My first gray hair was 16 years old. I was like, it was like here, I was like, what the fuck is that? You know, and then by the time I was like 2021, 20, like you know, like it, it started to turn a little bit in my mid twenties, but then by 30, I'm like, fuck man, like this is happening. Huh? Um, but like when you're 21, when, when you were 16, I was like, what was I 32 something, something like that probably. And, and, you know, I'll just say, that's my older brother. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're 22 and you're like, you, know, you had more gray hair than I did when I was 32. I, I still I'm might saying. have more gray hair than you do now, yeah, yeah. you know, but, um, people, like, people always comment on it. Whether it's like, I don't know, they're just like, is your like I have students being like, have you is your hair always like that? I'm like, no, like when I was when I was younger, like I for like two years I had brown hair, but it was right. Yeah, I do remember you turning gray when you were still a teenager. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um so I'll 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 I consider that a challenge to figure that out. Need to figure it out anyway, you know. So we could do that podcast, you know, with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders that time. That'd be amazing. You coming up for that? Yeah, <laughs> I'll take over. I'll take over work that day. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll figure it out by Thursday, though. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you'd be great at it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to interviewing this fellow. I don't want to say who he is yet, in case yeah. he doesn't show up. You know, that I'll, always happens. I'll do my homework. The, you got you got his name. Yeah, I I still got my homework from the uh, other guy. He's coming too. He's uh. He's recording, I think, with Lionel Richie, so he's a little tied up at the moment. Well, tell him that Lionel needs to take up. Yeah, the gritty hour comes before Lionel Richie. I've always said that, especially after dancing on the ceiling. No offense. You know, <laughs> I have a Lionel Richie doormat. Just, you, know. <laughs> you know, I heard a song. Well, I know you know the song Amazing Grace. Have you ever heard Amazing Grace uh, done by Pipers? Bad uh, Pipers? Maybe. You must have. You must have. Well, I heard a song. I don't know how I tripped over this. I was in YouTube hell. Did you ever go into YouTube hell? You go oh, into yeah. watch one thing. Spiral. You're spiral. Two and a half hours later, you're watching something that's completely non-related. Yeah. When you have the autoplay thing going. 
they, they, you, you go in and you're like, you know, let me see videos on, on like comedians. And then you at the, at the end, it's like a guy like in construction blowing buildings. Yeah, you're listening to a lecture about bridge engineering. It's like, <laughs> how the hell did they get here? Yeah. But, but the, and the crazy part is you're like watching it. Like, like it, uh, you got into it. You're like, well, I don't know how I ended up here. But oh, and then, you, and then you, you know, you, you sit there and you watch the goddamn thing and you're, you're interested in bridges all of a sudden. <laughs> but no, I... Uh, I, I came across this this uh, video, and I don't want to mispronounce the. Uh... Anyway, it was Amazing Grace. It's on YouTube. Okay, uh, I'll tell you the title of it. So maybe after you uh, after this podcast, you maybe want to check it out. Yeah, so I'm, I'm also as you're talking. I'm also looking up something uh, about music that I wanted to talk to you about. But are you a fan of the Killers, the band the Killers? I've I've seen them live. Did you like them? Did they do? Did they do the song? I've got soul, but um, nah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw them. At, I saw them at Jones Beach. They put on like I mean, listen, I was like 24, 25. They put on a good show. Well, uh, uh, Kevin, you know, Rich's son Kevin had texted us uh, a link to. Uh, oh no, that was another song. But, uh, yeah, that song. They just came out with a new song called I think it's called Dust Town. With them and Bruce Springsteen, which I thought was interesting enough. And as I just reading through the comments on YouTube, it's, I guess it's apparently whoever writes the songs for the killers. Mother died a few years ago and he wrote this song in her honor. Yeah. And Springsteen's mother's not doing well. It's it's it, it gives a little bit more clout to the uh, to the thing. But anyway, um he had texted us that link. It's a real, not a bad song called Dust Town, Springsteen and the Killers. Wow, that's cool. Just came out a couple of weeks ago. You still, uh, you still no. got like, he's no. part of the, uh, he's part of the, <laughs> 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 hey, but right. it's like, you know, it's like that. I told you somebody, uh, texted me, or maybe it was you texted me to Conforto throwing a guy out at the plate. Was that you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, I could boycott, but I could boycott. Still appreciate a good play, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna be one of them guys like that play sucked because I'm boycotting it. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was a, that was a hell of a throw. But uh, anyway, it's a good song. I gotta turn the light on. Not that I want the light on, but this computer's plugged in and the battery's running low. All right, do your thing. Um, while you do that, uh, remember you told me, I, I don't remember when, but Joan Osborne, what becomes of a broken heart? Who? Joan Osborne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I find, like, I've had it on my, like, I, you know, I have a thousand songs on my from Spotify. The, from the, uh, the Funk Brothers uh, video, the Funk Brothers documentary. Well, and she, that song is unbelievable. Her voice is just oh, phenomenal. But and the arrangement and the, like, everything just come, like, by the end of the song, you're just like, whoo. Well, you know, I always thought, you know, you get that feel. And that's what I like the most about music is when a whole band just, Gets into a groove, you yeah. know. Uh, there's another one. Uh, Amnesty International had done a tour, and Springsteen was there, and Sting, Peter Gabriel's a whole series of uh, bands, you know. Uh, this is back in the probably the 90s or the 80s, probably the late 80s. And they did Every Breath You Take, and and on the song, it was like 
I think all of the E Street Band, Springsteen's band, and all of Sting's band, and then Sting and Springsteen doing this song. And at the end, when they get into the every breath you take, you know, the over over and over thing, the band just hit a stride. And, and you know, I've always said, I used to say this to Christopher all the time. Anybody who's ever hit a, you don't have to hit a homer, but if you ever hit a long shot with a baseball on the sweet spot where you don't even feel it in your hands, yeah, that's what I always associate with a band just, they're all in this particular groove and they can feel each other's groove and they just ride in this wave. And that's what that's like. So I think the band and in that documentary that they did for the funk brothers, I think the band was getting into her, her vocals and I think she was getting into the band and it was like a feed off of one another. And, you know, at the end of that song is just phenomenal. The band got into a groove. She was stretching her yeah. vocal cords Make for a nice makes for a nice performance. No, yeah, I I was driving to uh, I don't know, but I, but I was in the car and I was like I was like you know like grooving it. I was people are like look at this weirdo as a, but like I when you drive, you well, they do that anyway, whether you're singing or not. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. But, uh, I I realize I'm like a, a car music listening, but like I'll jam out. I gotta jam out in the car, especially the songs like that that Joe Osborne is. That was, yeah. was awesome. It was really good. And then Actually, this might fit your bill. It's it's I looked it up while uh while we were talking. And it's uh if you type in on YouTube, the, the title of the thing is Amazing Grace with more than 200 bagpipes live in Berlin. That's cool. And the vocal I looked up this guy, his name is Carl Ellis, and he's an American. So it's like a cornucopia of crapola in this thing. It's like the, it's like the kitchen sink song. But his vo- his vocals are so haunting on this version of Amazing Grace. Do yourself a favor and give it a listen. Hundred bagpipers, they got a band behind him. They got people marching. They look like the well, I don't want to say, but his <laughs> vocals were phenomenal. Well, because it's in Berlin. Yes. Berlin. I'm about to say, I, I, I got you. You know where I, I was going with it, but I stopped myself. Um, I've been to Berlin before. Have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. They have a. Uh... Well, this looked like a, some sort of castle in the back. I don't know if it was prefab for like stage. I was there for, and, and it was like an audience on either side. Like, I was there for twenty four hours. Huh? I was there for like twenty four hours, and oh, you, know. you didn't go to any concerts. <laughs> I went to some uh, beer gardens. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made you made the most out of that twenty four hours. Huh? That was when I backpacked Europe. That was the first spot I landed, and uh, my buddy was at a hostel. I'm like, you know, I met up with him. And, um, and in, in Germany, you can walk around anywhere with a beer in your hand. And like, you know, for, for an American who's 24 and has only been to, in America his whole life, I was like, this is, you know, like, so it's cool. But at the same time, that means you're just drinking the whole fucking time you're in Berlin. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. Well, hmm. how was the beer there? What kind of beer did you have? I don't remember, but the beer was awesome. Yeah. And then in the bars there, like they have, I don't, I don't really know how the, what, what the machine is for, but like, like a tap. You know, here you pull down there, you put it on the machine and just, it's a computerized pour and it perfectly pours it to the top. Yeah. It takes like a, a second to pour it. Well, uh, all the big beers in the United States were all German immigrants that started those big breweries, as far as I know. German and Dutch, Pennsylvania and uh, New York. Really, New York. Uh, the big beers that... Uh, 
became famous in the mid 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 twentieth century. Yeah, um, except for maybe Anheuser Busch, they were out in where the hell are they? St. Louis. Yeah, I, I know they. They. I think they sold their company to a German company, right? I thought it was going to be a Japanese company, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but a quick side note with the music. So after the Joan Osborne song came on, it, it, it was either the next song or somewhere like or the next couple of songs was the song "Sometimes" uh, by James. Oh, we were just talking about it. Yeah, I know. And I, 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 I listened to it and I jammed out to it. And I'm like, this is, and I, was, and I gave like a, you know, in my head a salute to Uncle Steve. I'm like, there you go, brother. <laughs> so. Oh, this is recently the Joan Osborne. Yeah, they're playing it on the radio now. No, it's on my Spotify. Oh, Spotify. You okay. told me you told me to check it out. So I put it on my Spotify years ago, but I don't know if I ever listened to it. Yeah. Like, all the way through because it's kind of like, you know, like it's John Osborne. It's about like your broken heart, you know, like and maybe I wasn't in the right, but maybe now I'm in the right space for it. Um, I listened to it and <laughs> the, the, is your broken heart? I, I know, <laughs> maybe a little, but you know. No, um, it's uh the first time you hear it, you, you get goosebumps. Just her vocal yeah. performance just is that is that astounding. The second half of that song is unbelievable. It really it's, is. Yeah. Like, wow. All right. And again, again, you can feel the gel. Like everybody on the stage is gelling at the same time. That doesn't happen every every day, you know. No, no. When you're, no. In, a, when you're in a band and, and you can feel the gel, like everybody can feel that everybody in the band feels that same wave at the same time. And that's not a it's a rare occurrence. Yeah. It's like when you, when you go to a concert, right? In like certain concerts you go to, you're like, oh, it's a good show. But then there's the concerts where you're like, yo, that concert was off the hook. And it's because uh, the band was killing it. The crowd was like, it, the whole arena or place just like came together and just. Yeah, it's not it's not an everyday occurrence. And when it happens, it's, uh, it's a magical moment, really. Yeah, it's, it's special. And the two things that stick out of my head, only because you just mentioned the Joan Osborne. There's a lot of instances where that happens. But that Sting Springsteen performance, you could probably find that on YouTube too. You could see all of them guys. There's like two drummers, two sax players. Everybody's, you know, there's duplicity all over the place, but they're all just jiving and it's and and and, and getting into that wave. And you can feel it. I could see why you uh you're probably a fan of Elo because that's his kind of he has like a, a sound where like the whole band is in it, you know. Well, um Meatloaf. At least on the studio recordings, you're you know, Bad of the Hell and uh I'm a I'm not an expert, but I'm aware of them. Well, Bad of the Hell, Dead Ringer was the second album. Um, I'm sure you've heard Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've heard Bad of the Hell. Yeah. Um but those are like Weinberg, the drummer for Springsteen was on the drums. And Roy Bitten, the piano for Springsteen was on the piano. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's a there is an East Street feel to that. Those two albums, East Street Band, feel to that. It's, it's like I feel like if you throw a saxophone into a group, it, it changes everything. It, and I feel like a saxophone is like a game changer to a sound. Yeah, but I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Amazing Grace. Getting back to this for a second. <laughs> if if you if you listen to the Dust Town, it's you know it's a good song, Killers Springsteen. But this thing, and this came out of left field to me. It's the first time I ever heard it. Um, you know, I think it was the Royal Scotch Dragoons did my favorite version of Amazing Grace. Starts out with one piper and the rest of them come in and then a little orchestration on the third verse. There's no lyrics. And then I've heard um, 
because I think it's an, an, an American Negro spiritual is the ori origins of that song. Um, although I don't think anybody's credited with writing it. They don't know who wrote the song, but it's just been passed down. But it's an American song as far as I know. So this guy, Carl Ellis, who I've, I looked him up, he's apparently a preacher from America, from the United States. What the hell he was doing in Berlin with 200 bagpipers. I don't know how he got there, but I swear, to, I swear to Christ himself, it was well worth the trip because it, it really, you got to give it a listen. Or who anybody else who happens to be watching this or listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor and go on YouTube and just type in Amazing Grace with more than 200 bagpipes live in Berlin. Uh, yeah. Uh, Carl Ellis is the singer. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm typing in now just so I have it on my thing saved. Yeah. It was posted six months ago. And it's got just under half a million views now. So, um, you know, I just think this guy's voice should, I think, think he should be more famous with it, with that kind of voice. It's like the Hootie and the Blowfish theory, Darian Ruckus, you know. <laughs> What's but, his name? Dump those blowfish. Well, yeah, you, you know, you're a great vocalist. <laughs> What's his name, Clive? Uh, who? The bagpipe, Amazing Grace. Oh, the the title you want to search, the, the search you want to put in. I think it, I found it. it comes up first when I typed in Amazing Grace Berlin. Oh yeah, yeah, here it is. This guy. That's the man. That's Carl Ellis. Yeah. All right. So uh, <clears throat> give you uh, do yourself a favor and listen to that after this, and uh, yeah. I think you might be pleasantly surprised if you have the ability without getting evicted of putting it on nine or 10, uh, the volume that might help. Yeah, well, it's the summertime. So, you know, if I do it at like 11 in the morning, I'm at work. So actually I, I well, could do that. Plug it into them, uh, headphones and, uh, and let that thing rock. I'm telling you, uh, well worth the, the trip. Um, by the way, you have to wear a mask again at work. Oh, well, uh, everybody that works here has been vaccinated. And, uh, whatever the hell that new strain is, which, which I think is called the, let's make up a new strain to get the people unvaccinated, vaccinated. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels, but whatever. I'm not trying to scare them into getting vaccinated. Right. <laughs> whatever it is, so more and more customers have been coming in with masks, even though, even ones I know, have, you know, regular customers I know have been vaccinated. So to make them more comfortable. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I, we just started it yesterday, actually. Customer is always right, or is that is that theory gone? Well, I mean, uh, in all seriousness, whatever the reasoning for bringing it back, I'm not going to get involved personally, but I'll acquiesce to it because you know. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, when I was in Florida, I, I didn't see one soul with a mask on. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, you know, everyone's chilling. Everyone was chilling down here. It's fine. We're fine here too, but. Uh, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. It's not number one. It's not going to kill me. Number two, it, you can't see uh, at least two of my three chins. Yeah. And number three, it won't last forever. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Because I, I just realized it like um, two minutes ago. I'm like, is he wearing a mask? <laughs> Does he have a mask on, or does he have yet another chin <laughs> <laughs> Stra strapped around his ears? I got I got so many chins. I got to strap it to my ears. There you go. But um, are you, is that? M, is that your store? That shirt? That's your store, dude, right? The shirt I'm wearing. Yeah. Is it's uh, the Millbrook Auction Center? 
Nice, nice. Which is also my yeah, that's you. Business, but we haven't done an auction in a while. But yeah, right. yeah. Um. So yeah, we had a real good heavy day today. Like I said, when they have the Millbrook horse trials, it's, uh, it's an equestrian event. You know, it's not like horse racing. It's jumping. Yeah, said, yeah I, I mean, I think I, somebody told me yesterday it's called dressage. Yeah, the outfits they wear. <laughs> Thing, right? Huh? They wear those crazy like black hats. No, I think that might be polo. I don't know. Oh, well, like like black helmet, like hat helmets. I don't even know what they are. Yeah, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. They wear those things. Yeah. Yeah. I never been to one, but you know what? I can. What can I tell? You? I, that's that's for the equestrian. Uh, uh, equestrian. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for that's for the highbrows, man. That's yeah. well. They, there is a lot of highbrow. Yeah. They do. They do. Yeah. Uh, What's the word? Uh, come into town in droves for this thing. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's an expensive sport to get into. Like, yeah, you got to have a horse first off. Well, actually, we're talking about Springsteen. I think his daughter comes up here every once in a while for these things. I, oh, yeah? I don't know if she's here today. I would think I don't know if she's on the Olympic team because they're in Tokyo. So aren't they the horse people? Yeah, the, I think the is the Olympics over now. Is I have no that? idea. You want to talk about? Not you're not following anything. I have not followed two seconds of the Olympics. Me neither. Um, yeah, the Olympics, like the opening ceremony, whatever day it was, I turned it on, uh, and like you, like or maybe I saw like a highlight of USA coming in. There's no one in the stands. It's like, like you know, like you're, you're coming well, in. That's because of the COVID over there. They have it in Tokyo yeah. too. Yeah. No, I know. You know, and the COVID 2020. There's a lot of people who didn't want them to have the olympics this year because of the because of the covid but uh you know they could have uh but it's 2021 they're still calling it the 2020 summer olympics oh it's it's delayed from last year right yeah but like it's kind of like i don't know it's 20 it's 2021 like it's okay like it's not on an it's it's not an even near even number like it's gonna be some guy in japan said fuck this we ain't going another yeah. yeah. Um, Too much money on the barrel. But uh, I, you know, I checked today. I checked for some reason uh, every couple of days. I'll check the metal count because, you know, that's just something I do. I Check. haven't even done that, Sean. I, I really have no idea. I know not, some people wearing stupid crap on their heads, uh, turning around for the flag. I, I don't want to be involved. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know. Trust me. I'm aware that that's not, you know, that's not something you want to be part of. But, um, we have 108 medals. China has 87, um, and then it just drops off dramatically. Who has the most gold? China's 38. We have 36. Whatever happened to Russia? They were always up on. Yeah, they they they're like fifth or fourth. They have 60, but like that's 108 to six. Well, the USSR was a whole ton of. Yeah, different yeah, that's people. true. That's true. They it increases your odds when you have half of Europe. No, it's it like that's kind of connects to like my basketball pro where I coach at my school. We have a small pool of players, and then we play some schools where, like, there's like three middle schools that combine into one monster team, and like they're obviously really good because you get to pick from the bigger bigger. pool to choose from. Yeah. Yes. But no, I haven't followed uh, one second of it. I couldn't tell you. Uh, Yeah, me neither. I just because I asked a few people, and most people are like, "Nah, I'm really been watching it." You know, obviously some people, you know, said yes, but Mm. you know, and it's it's on. Has Russia won any gold? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, 
I don't have the medal count out, but I think they're around 20. Because they've always, even Russia itself, Russia proper, if, if you will, if, you know, even after the Soviet Union broke up, they were still good in hockey. They were still good in, uh, well, hockey's a winter thing, but they were still good in gymnastics. Yeah. So you have total, I'm just going to do total. United States 108, China 87, Russia 68, Great Britain 63, Japan 56. Right. And then Australia at 46. That's the top six. And then it drops off into the 30s. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like Russia. I want to go to Russia one of these days. Um, I wouldn't mind going to Moscow. And I would, I would love to go to Russia. I'm sure it's awesome. Yeah. I'm if sure everybody that, over there would be so kind as to speak English while I'm there. I'll be very happy. I think they do. They speak English. Then? I'm sure they do. Uh, they speak English everywhere. Yeah. They but I like Russian. I like Russian culture. You know. Some reason I don't know why, but I I, I took uh, history of Russia one and two at college. Yeah. So I, that's I don't remember much from. Are you the man you are today? No, uh, no, no, I'm did sure. It, did it end at the czars, or did it did it go into the when no. it became communist? The um, the very very cold and brutal culture though, and their history. Very very what? Cold and brutal. Well, they have had rough, yeah, yeah. 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 You got like no. a six and a half hour summer over there. No, not, not cold like climate, like the, the, like it's a cold culture, that and it, it's and like historically it's a cold and brutal culture. Yeah, they're t- like they're, it's like a like a tough culture, like you know. I'm sure there's warm hearted people there. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I'm talking about from you know, in their history. I'm not saying today. Yeah, you know, at least that's what like, that's how the professor taught it. So maybe, well, maybe. Uh, maybe one day in my, uh, you know. It's it's pretty far down on the bucket list. I'm not going to lie, but maybe one day I'll get around to it. Because yeah. when we were, I, I know you too, like, you know, during the Cold War of like the 60s, 70s, 80s, and whatever, like, you know, Russia and America, that was like, that was like the heavyweight match. We said to what it seemed like. That was Ali Foreman, yeah. Yeah, right. But it's an old, old Russian proverb, Sean. If it's your fate to be hanged, you'll never drown. <laughs> what the fuck? The fuck? I'm laughing because it makes sense, and I don't know if it like like should it make sense? It, on the surface, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll never drown. You'll be dead still. If it's your fate to be hanged, you'll never drown. Yeah. yeah. The um, it's deep. Oh, it's deep. It's like a fortune cookie. It's gonna like four o'clock this morning. You're gonna get up, take a leak, and it's gonna hit you. I'm like, Yo. wow. He's got, some, he's got some wisdom. Uh, well, I was going to say in the 80s, do you remember Rocky IV? Actually, before you get into that, I uh, I, I learned that from watching a, uh, a press conference with uh, Vladimir Putin. And they were asking him uh, about his security. Does he feel comfortable with his security? Does he feel comfortable with it? You know, this is what he gets from the people. Huh? Wasn't he KGB? He's ex-KGB, yeah. yeah. He's, his, he's his own security. But he's the one that said that, you know. Old, old Chinese. Forget <laughs> I interrupted you. Rocky beat the hell out of the Russian guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So, but that was, that was like the height, you know, like, maybe I didn't realize it then, but like, you know, based on what's going on in the, which it makes sense, obviously, but like what's going on in the culture of like America, they'll make movies based on what's going on. Like they, they connect 
like people write whatever movies that are go that connect to what's happening and I sell tickets, my friend. Yeah. So yeah, which you know, obviously makes sense. But you know, when I, I saw the movie Rocky when it came out, I was like eight or nine. So I'm not thinking about oh, this connects. But we my my dad took me, my brother, and my sister. I believe it was just the four of us. Uh, do you remember? I don't know if it's still there, but Hawthorne has had a movie theater. I don't know if you know Hawthorne. I don't. I may have drove through Hawthorne once. Yeah, it's in Westchester, but they. I don't know if it's still there, but there was a movie theater there, and we we saw Rocky Four in the movie theater, and this is in like eighty five, eighty six, or whatever. Like that's the height of like that was a big moment for Russian American Cold War, and like uh, when the, Rocky was fighting the Russian at the end, this, I couldn't like I'll never forget this. As the fight goes on, like the movie crowd is getting more intense, intense. And before you know it, the whole fucking theater is like USA, US. Like as they're fighting each other, and like when he beats him, the whole place like erupts. Yeah. And I, I got to always like. And so when I was growing up, I'm like, yo, man, we 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 need to take down Russia. Like that, that was like the thinking you got from that. You know? If so, I might be convoluting two separate instances, but I don't think so. When I was a teenager. We went to the Golden Gloves in local Golden Gloves in the in the Bronx there, and during like towards the end, some the, like the guy came out in the ring and announced that the United States beat Russia in the hockey. Oh, in 1980, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty much pandemonium, at least in that part of the Bronx. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, have you seen the movie? The uh, I think it's called Miracle. Yeah, I saw Did, that. Kurt Russell. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. They're um, they're doing the uh, well. That must have been insane for I'm sure around the whole country. People were losing their shit after America beat Russia, and they uh, and it was actually the semifinals. It wasn't even the gold. I mean, it wasn't the gold, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Mm-hmm. But then uh, they're doing like I have this app. They're doing like the best sport movie countdowns. I know that we're kind of jumping from topic to topic, but that's kind of how it is. Yeah. Uh, where uh, the final eight was like Miracle, Major League, which is my all-time favorite sports movie. Feel the Dreams. Um, Feel the Dreams, probably my all-time favorite. Yeah, you, I think I think we I think I watched that with you my first time I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Remember the Titans? Great movie. Slapshot. Uh, Slapshot. I think Slapshot was going against. No, Rocky was going against Field of Dreams in the final eight or something. Final four, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not that a good sports movie, like Miracle. Yeah. No, that was a good movie. They did it. They did. Actually, they did that very well. You know, they, they could have not done it well. You could see where it could easily have not been done well, but they did do it well. And yeah. Only, I think only one or two guys from that team actually made it to the NHL. Uh, I, I Roger Craig was like had a cup of coffee with some team in the NHL, and then some other guy. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a name, but I, I don't know enough about like history of hockey. You know, like, no, I don't follow. Never did, but um, as I recall, I think two of them had cups of coffee in the NHL. So you know, out of all that splendor, you know, grandiose splendor, and you know, achievement. I think only two would have made it to the to the NHL. So, well, well, what makes up a great team in anything? Is it always just all the best players? Or no, it's never good? always just the best players. It's got it's got to be this chemistry that like have that gel, the same like, gel as uh, you know, it clicks on the field or the ice, or whatever. Same gel as musically we were just talking about yeah. a few minutes ago. Got to have that gel. 
Same thing with you know the the one thing about Major League, which you know the first one didn't they make five of them or something? <laughs> they, I just I just watched Major League Two over the summer just to kind of the Planet of the Apes, Planet of the Apes forty nine, <laughs> you know, just to kind of see what it was all about. Let's run, let's run every dime we can out of this thing. But um, the first Major League actually um, subliminally touched on that, or sub subconsciously, whatever you want to call it. About the, the gelling of a team. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's and like like really they rallied around something. They all had like a common a common goal. Yeah. And like and then like a common thing that they like that uh, motivated them. Yeah. And throughout history, you can have teammates that can't stand each other, but they do all strive for the same goal. Yeah. Yeah. If everyone's if everyone's you know everyone's on the same page, I, I'll say this when I when bartended. Did you hear that? Oh. No, I'm I'm waiting for this. Uh, I, I, whatever, even if it's an earthquake, I want to find out how you tie in bartending into <laughs> coaching. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I was hitting something on my computer. Um, so when I bartended, uh, you hear that? Yeah, something went through my headphones. I'm like, what? Um, there were nights where like. I bartend. I made the drinks, obviously, for the bar and for the restaurant, and all the waiters and the uh, uh, runners. Runners are the people who take the food to the tables. The waiters, uh, like a, you know, a nicer restaurant, like the waiters don't they, they take orders and serve the people. But there's runners who actually bring the the plates out right when they come out, so they come out piping hot. And then there's the cooks and there's the you know the sous chefs and like. But there's there were nights where when everybody was working in unison, and it was amazing. Like it was like a like we were just pumping out food and drinks to people and like create, like my restaurant used to get super busy, just pumping, pumping, pumping. And everyone was just like in a rhythm and like, you could feel it. Ama- what's amazing is how you, you, you did in fact tie bartending into sports. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember a couple of nights, like the night was over and, and like, like, you know, we were all in our younger twenties too. So we had energy, but we were like, like, I'm like, yo, we were flawless tonight. Like we, like we didn't miss a beat. Like everybody was in tune. Sometimes the flow, you know, you don't forget, you, you know, you, you put, you put in the back of your head, you're getting paid or you put in the back of your head, whatever your goal is. And you just ride that flow. You don't even know what the hell you're doing. You're just riding that flow. Right, so, you know. And you look back on it the day after it's like, man, that was damn good. You know, I, I heard something from, yeah, exactly. I heard something from uh, Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. You know, he's a basketball, he's retired now, a Hall of Fame basketball player. His name is Jerk and Whiskey? Dirk Nowitzki. Okay. Yeah, Dallas Mavericks. Like jerk and whiskey better, but <laughs> jerky boys. Um, he uh, this is in my shoe, so I. <laughs> so I I I use this as a coach for basketball. Like uh, basketball is supposed to play be played at like a jazz pace. Uh-huh. That's four four time. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you you get you get the yeah yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, okay. Right. Um, but like a lot of people want to play basketball like this. They want to play as fast as they can. And like, it, I, like I, th- I kind of use that philosophy in like most things I do in life. I'm like, most things are supposed to be played at this rhythm. Not this. So I don't know. Just that's, that's what popped into my head. Wow. Well, that might be a good, that be, might, might be a good note to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate it. It was a, it's, oh, it's been an hour. Wow. I didn't even realize. It's a very, it's always a fast hour with you, laddie book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a fast hour. Oh, pretty, pretty. Oh, the juice is wet to squeeze. 
Juicy. <laughs> and now I got, if it's your fate to be hanged, you'll never drown. There you go. Dude, I mean, you're going to. By the gonna, time we're done with this podcast, we're going to have, we're going to come out with a book of sayings. You're going to have to uh, buy a huge whiteboard and just and <laughs> jot them down. <laughs> Action quotes for the day. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right, so we'll see you in person. Uh, you're coming up in a few days, and uh, I'll be there Thursday. My challenge now is to uh, figure out how the hell to do that, but I'll either succeed or fail by Thursday. Okay, sounds like a plan. Yeah. All right, Shorty boy, you have yourself a good evening, lad. You too. Uh, always a pleasure on the gritty hour. And uh, good job you did on Uncle. Check out Uncle Steven's video. Where, where do I find it? Christina did an excellent job. What, is it on Facebook? Uh huh. Is there, is it, we're talking about this publicly. And then uh, check out uh, Amazing Grace in live in Berlin with 200 bagpipers. Gotcha. You'll be doing yourself a favor. But do yourself a further favor by squeezing that volume up to at least 8, 9, maybe 10. All right. I, so I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow. As loud as you can get without getting it distorted. Yeah, gotcha. The bagpipes sound distorted to begin with. So, you're, you know, you'll be all right. All right. I'll, I'll probably just plug this, plug this into my phone and just let it rip. That's what I would do. Yeah. I would do that immediately, if not sona. All right. All right, Shawnee boy. We'll talk to you uh, later in the week, sir. All right, T. All right.